0: This is the 12 Songs of Christmas. I'm Alex Rawls, and this is my podcast about Christmas music. If you hear a faint whirring in the background, that's my neighbors weed whacking, taking advantage of a brief moment between rain when they can get out and attend to their yard. Today, I'm talking to Susan Cowsill, the youngest member of the musical family, the Cowsills, who are most famous for hair, the rain, the park, and other things, Indian Lake. And if you're old enough to remember, the theme song for the TV show Love American Style. The family band served as the inspiration for the Partridge Family television show in the 70s, but there came a point where Susan and her brothers struck out to have musical careers and lives outside of the family structure. Susan lives here in New Orleans, and we've known each other for years. After Hurricane Katrina, I wrote a story for the Oxford American on the search for her brother Barry who disappeared from New Orleans in the days after the hurricane. Sadly, he was eventually found in a morgue in Baton Rouge, but I got to know Susan and her husband, Russ, well during that time and saw a lot of her shows. Since singing together was part of the way her family communicated with each other, Christmas music is very important to her. After years of working to establish herself as a solo act, she's embraced the family band again, and in recent years, performed on Oldies tours with brothers Bob and Paul as the Cowsills. Now, the three have a podcast as well, the Cowsills podcast. I'll put a link to that in the show notes, but you can find it wherever you get your podcast content, I'm sure. We'll start with The Rain, The Park, and Other Things, their best-known hit, then come back with Susan Cowsill on 12 Songs.
1: I saw her sitting in the rain
0: So since we last talked, which has been a long time, I know you got into my game. You are a podcaster now.
1: How about that?
0: Tell me about tell me about the Cow podcast.
1: Oh gosh, I would love to because it is seriously one of the funnest things I've ever done. Um, uh, well, just a quick backstory. Obviously, the Cow are the band that never breaks up, and they only just take little breaks and then somehow get back together. And the last time we did it was rather you know, on, in our world, quite successful. And we're on a classic rock tour once a year. It's pretty much the main one you want to be on. And uh, from that is just reinvented a little tiny, you know, castle career again.
0: Cool. Good for you.
1: Um, yeah, it is. And so with that, we, we actually wrote all new songs <laughs> and made a brand new record because we wrote the songs. We are under no, you know, um, um, let's just say we've been here a long time and we make music to make music. We always have, if something comes of it dandy. Right. But along with that, as we know, we have to reinvent ourselves as musicians because uh, selling records and playing in concerts is not a viable way to make a living anymore. So I brought, or somebody brought to us and I knew what it was, a podcast, but my, very honestly, my brothers were like, well, what the hell is that? I'm like, Um, it's like Wonderful World of Disney on a computer. It's just Uh, a TV uh, show uh, on a computer, guys. Like, remember when Disney came on, first in black and white, then in color? Oh, my God. Same thing, only on computer. It's a a radio show on computer, really. Right. But until you cross over into the visual podcast land. But anyway, they uh, got hip to the stick and we got on it. And um, we're actually kind of doing well in podcast land.
0: Yeah, good for you.
1: Like like literally, Alex, it was so weird because I haven't been on a chart since I was a kid.
0: <laughs> I did not even know they had charts.
1: <laughs> you know, the old Billboard Cashbox Record World. That was, you know, some children read Dr. Seuss. I read Cashbox Record World and Billboard. And I knew which one was more important. And I knew if I was in one and not the other, it just didn't matter.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> but... On the podcast, we got this little email that said, "You know, Apple Podcasts, we've come in on our Hot 100 at 43." And We're like, we don't really know what that means, but we think it's good. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, good for you.
1: Oh no! So it's been super fun. I think we have um, we didn't know what we were doing. So and we do it on Zoom. Yeah. So we're like the Brady Cowcells, Brady bunch Cowcells, and and we do it that way because it's just easier to control ourselves. But it's also cool because we've taped them all and we are going to have visual versions of this. Oh, it's it's really been cool. We're we're really lucky because everybody tells us we just everybody says yes, because the sad truth of it is is they still think we're little kids and you don't tell kids no. Right. So Ah, ah. even like we just interviewed Miami Steve, little Steven. Oh, very cool. Good for you. He said, yes. I was like, what the? So Ah, anyway, ah, ah. it's super fun. And I always wanted, you know, I've always wanted a TV or a radio show.
0: Something. So it's cool. Yeah. Well, and it's also, well, I'd also imagine it's gotta be nice to find a project to do with your brothers that gives you a, that gives you a reason just to talk to them. I mean, I I know, I mean, I know, I know y'all are close, but still to have a, have a, not that close.
1: Real, well, we are close, but if we didn't have a commonality known as that gig, Yeah, because that's the only way we've ever hung out. Sure. We don't know how to just hang out, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, once a week, we get to see each other and play producers. I mean, we have wacky little segments called like one called Paul Pufferfish where Paul comes up with little known facts that nobody would believe. We have, uh, I got a gripe. We've got all these cute little, you know, we we have our brother, John, who's a famous musician in the beach boys and he has a a episode with us. It's called where's John and we'll remote with John out with the beach boys and he'll tell it. In fact, we, we happened on him on our first episode and he was having a beautiful day off with, the Beach Boys on a boat, on an island. I mean, really?
0: Wow! <laughs> so nice it's life. really
1: been cool, and 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 it just keeps our faces out there. I don't know, man. Sure. It's, yeah.
0: Well, and I would imagine, know, I mean, one of the one of the I think of the beauties of podcast is you find the people who care about that thing, right? And so, and it's a way for the people who have who have cared about the cow sills to really feel plugged into you in a way oh, yeah. that they in a way that they couldn't when they were just seeing you live occasionally when you came to their town yes. they're there they're excited now they're excited when you come to town but they're also listening and connecting to you on a what is it a weekly basis yeah, yeah it's
1: hugely that way so where before oh my god the tv guide said the Castles are gonna be on craft music hall tonight yay we can watch them walking around and talking they can talk to us right we talk to them we have questions and answers we say roger from winslow wants to know and roger gets all you know it's an interactive thing so i yeah i agree with you it's 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 and look we love our fans i mean we're just kind of geeky that way you know
0: well and uh Mm -hmm. You know, it would seem like, you know, that after, you know, after the money part, which no longer actually exists, the, the, the two best parts are one, the singing part with people you like singing with. And the other is the connection to people that comes as a result. And, and if you can get that without having to go to their city Woohoo.
1: It's pretty badass. <laughs> Trust me. We t- every Thursday we sit down and go, well, whoever expected this. We feel like we have desk jobs.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> and um people are we're talking to syndicators on radios. They want pieces of it. Clips. Good and for that's you. mailbox money. Yep. Okay? And that's where it becomes something. You know, as old people, we could hang our hat on. You know, I like to say I've never seen a late night talk show with three hosts.
0: Ah, 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 ah. I, I like
1: to say that. Hey, look, you know, anything can happen anymore. Yeah. Have you seen our infomercial, Alex?
0: I have not. I will before I post this episode.
1: <laughs> but. Let me tell you, as a friend, <laughs> it's really something. I mean, we were so excited and are. I'm thrilled. Look, I see Marie Osmond every bloody day in my living room. I want her to see me. Right. Yes. Okay. And I've always said, why does she have an interview? Why does she have a national commercial and I don't? <sighs> Guess who does?
0: Excellent.
1: So, pretty excited about <laughs> that. <laughs> and it was a wonderful experience. The people who did it, the Time Life people, they're CalSil fans. You know, it's like we kind of are lucking out too in this. You know, Dick Clark seriously told us one time at a meeting in the 80s when we declined his oldies tour. Right. Because we thought we were still viable.
0: Right. Ha, 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 ha.
1: <laughs> and he was great. He was like, I love you kids. He said, Look, you guys, if you just don't go away and you live long enough, it'll come back for you. I promise you that. Yeah. Just hang in there. And here we are. You Dang. know, this. Yeah. He really did say it. I mean, it's almost like he didn't know what the world would
0: become. Sure.
1: You know? And so it's like, um, wait, what were we talking about? Oh, um, podcast
0: connection to people. <laughs> you can.
1: Oh yeah. 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 So, I mean, you know, this is, this has really turned into w- way more than we ever banked for, um, shit, any of it, all of it, <laughs> you know, yeah. I, 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 and, 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 and at the end of the day, because as you said, there is no, I mean, financial gain, you got to reinvent right now. We all do. Yeah. And so, um, to, to still be able to, to be with one another 60 years later. Yeah. Wow. It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. Oh yeah. Oh wait, 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 you can edit. We were talking about that silly infomercial Yes. because when you see it, it's going to be kind of like, like what the heck happened? Because They directed us kind of, they tamped us down because we're very excited kids, even at 70 and 60. Right. And they literally kept having to go, well, that was great. Now, can you tone it down? We're like, (laughs) (laughs) you hired the cow sills to have it be toned down?
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) 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 So seriously, it's kind of like we're like Stepford sills.
0: Nice. It's (laughs) great.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's Great! It's like Saturday Night Live presents the Cow Seals. I just love it. I'm so thrilled.
0: Oh, that's great! Oh, I look forward to seeing it then. So yeah. So we are here to talk today about Christmas music. Yes, because we love Christmas. Because we love Christmas music. I know you that that you have not only made it, but I know as a as a singer, as a person who harmonizes almost reflexively. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Harmony, that, Tourette's. That
0: it that that music is is right up your alley. Am I right? Yeah.
1: Oh, you are more than right. And not only that, you know, I'm from New England, the land of Christmas. Yes. At least we think we invented it. And my mother, on her when she passed away, and I I received all of her worldly goods. There was a crunched up cardboard box that said. Barbara Castle Christmas animal on it. what <laughs> had all the decorations in it. <sighs> um, so I come from a pretty big Christmas fan house. Right. So, and my mom, you know, we had a hi-fi and she was 24-7 running those. I mean, that thing was hot. Yeah. Like overheated hot. You know, you remember laying next to it and feeling like it was a ha, combo yep. music thing and heater.
0: <laughs> ha, 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 ha. So yeah,
1: Christmas and, and, and all the... <laughs> It's just all about harmonies because yeah,
0: oh. I could go on. <laughs> so I have to ask, have you been on a sleigh ride? No.
1: And I had to think because there were a couple of moments that almost happened and I sat in one, but never got pulled by the horse. So no. Yeah. And, and, and quite honestly, it's, it's bucket list.
0: Okay. Yep. Yeah. I, so far I've only talked to one person. No, never. The, uh, that do you know have you had have you had roasted chestnuts yes, okay,
1: absolutely that's an East coast thing we're very yeah. proud of that,
0: yeah, 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 it was uh early on i uh in the uh, one of my first episodes, I talked to Robert Earl Keane from Texas, and in fact in fact, we discovered when we talked that we are both not only from Houston but that we lived probably 10 blocks from each other, lived in the same neighborhood. I was oh, well, going to grade school while he was in junior high.
1: No but way. we were in
0: the same neighborhood. And one of the things we were connecting on is that growing up, neither had any idea what a roasted chestnut was <laughs> like. And that this was one of those things that the whole vote, we were talking about how the whole vocabulary of Christmas music is all built around a Northeastern Christmas experience.
1: Like I said.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. So you lived it. So I've only lived interviewed- it in the
1: biggest, biggest way. I yeah. mean, I am, I am the painting of the kids on the toboggan with the mom dragging them up the hill.
0: Excellent. Ah, ah.
1: That's us. <laughs> Seven little Indians on the back of a, yeah. you know, I, I honestly, I pine for those days because they were legitimately mine Yeah, and uh, I can feel them. But Christmas is not. That's not how Christmas rolls, man. And that's to me, the beauty of Christmas to this day is that it is it's a mind space for yeah. me and for if you're smart for anybody yeah. who wants to keep Christmas.
0: Yeah, it's I'll, I'll tell you my my current favorite Christmas song. <laughs> I is love this.
1: I love knowing what yours are.
0: <laughs> that this sounds super obscure. It is by an Icelandic rock band named Di- <laughs> named Dia Frere, who okay. were the runners up this year in Eurovision
1: Okay
0: and they have this great song called Something Magical that just came out last week and and the theme of it is that how things happen again and again and again and happen year after year and how that repetition is itself magical and how the return oh. to thoughts again and again has something beautiful in it.
1: <laughs> That's pretty powerful in thought.
0: Yeah, so. <laughs> I'm
1: already moved. <laughs> <laughs> when
0: we when we get offline, I'll send you a link to it. Because because it's that. also a- it's it's not nearly as oddball as being told an Icelandic uh, an Icelandic rock band sounds. That the music itself is. So immediate and and you're you'll completely plug in. It, it seems like very pure hour. Send
1: it to me when we're done for sure. Yeah,
0: yeah. Awesome. So what do you have songs that are and particularly versions of songs that stand out for you as the ones that that's Christmas in your mind?
1: Yeah, for sure, for
0: sure, for sure.
1: Um like so. As I stated earlier, my mother was a hi-fi-phobe. I mean, no, a thon, whatever yeah. the opposite of that right. is. And she was like, I mean, we had them stacked. You remember yeah. when you'd stack them? Sure.
0: Yeah, and yeah. they would
1: drop. So we'd get home from school and she have a stack just ready to go. And I knew she was playing them all day. Um, but I, I latched on to a few that I then, I then used for my kids that was their main one of that version. So we will start with... Um, neck king cole's you know chestnuts right i mean that beginning all the strings and then when he just comes in and goes chest chestnuts you know it's just that's it
0: yeah Yeah. that's
1: it that opening line of chestnuts roasting with his voice is is my favorite yeah um bing crosby's do you hear what i hear only interesting yeah don't want to hear anybody. I don't want to hear, and I love, don't get me wrong, but I don't want to hear Andy sing it. I don't want to hear Nat. I don't want to hear um Johnny. <laughs> right. ah, ah, ah. I want to hear Ding.
0: Said the night wind to the little land. Do you see what I see? Do you
1: see what I see? Way up in the sky, little land. Do you see what I see? Do you see what I
0: see? A star, a star. Said the little boy.
1: Yeah, I want to yeah. hear him say, boy. You know where he goes. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. I, I know, know what you mean.
0: Me. I can hear it right <laughs> now.
1: It's so crazy. And look, you know, even my, my stepdaughter, who's not my stepdaughter anymore because I adopted her last year, my first non-bio child, but my first, I made, you know, a Christmas tape for when she would go to sleep at night. Oh, interesting. And play it, you know, yeah, oh, my kids, all my children, like that from December first, or actually November twenty sixth, if you want to be honest about it. You know, every night in their rooms they have music anyway, my kids. Um, and it would just be, and her thing was if it didn't open up with you know, she didn't she'd be ah,
0: she'd start crying. Uh, uh,
1: uh, uh. So um so that's kind of how it is around here. Um, so also um, now speaking of Mr. Williams, and I have a really cool trivia thing to tell you about the Cow and Andy Williams that just came in this week. But Andy Williams, most wonderful time of the year. Yeah. Yes. Nobody else, right?
0: Right. Yeah. That's the one.
1: Right. That's the one. And there's been plenty. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't, it's like, no, 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 no. Andy
0: there's Williams trivia. Uh, Andy Williams trivia. Tell me.
1: Okay. Uh, we just got an offer from Branson and God, we love these things more than anything. You know, the beauty of being a cow is you can be every version of who you are. I can be, it's just an amazing, a wonderful, um, lease on life that, that we get as artists. We can go from the grooviest, the coolest, the funkiest, the most Americana ish right on up to what I'm about to tell you, which is, and we're taking it, uh, an offer to play at the Andy Williams Theater to do a Christmas variety show with the Lennon sisters.
0: Ah, amazing.
1: Six weeks from November to December next year, I'm getting chills up my left side. I will invite you down for a weekend. You, You will have to come be a guest. Oh yeah, absolutely. I don't even know what it means. I don't know. You know, Branson's a funny place. We've done a couple of shows there. Yep. Um, but does that not just fill you with. <laughs> I'm reading I, the, you know, what it, it's like um, it, it's an old time variety show, castles at the top, castles at the end, sprinkled throughout. It's like, you know, where's Wayne yeah. Newton when I need him? We used to yeah. do these craft music halls. Uh-huh. Um, and then usually a Christmas or a holiday one because we were a family band. And man, it's like, I, I can't even. Um, the Lennon sisters, are you kidding yes. me? They. Okay.
0: So anyway, that happened last week. I have to ask. That's brilliant. I, I, I I was recently in Toronto and while I was there, I found a Lennon sisters Christmas album. Uh, (laughs) so I'm there, but I have to wonder how many Lennon sisters still exist.
1: You know, I'll go see, but I, I think Kathy, I mean, look, my brothers were Lennon sister, you know, fans. Uh, they loved <laughs> them. Well, they grew up. Sure. Look, we course. watched all that stuff. We saw the Osmonds before they showed up behind us as a rock band one day. Right. Look behind you. Oh, Mike Kerb, who he, he had just become president of MGM and we were on our way out. Rebellion had taken a foot and the mutiny on the Castle bounty right. was getting ready to go down. And Mike Kerb said, no problem. Cause look at who I got back here. And, Looking back there, there's little Donny Osmond and Bell Bottoms. What do you know? Yeah. But before that time, we knew the Osmonds well from all the variety shows from the Andy Williams show.
0: Sure.
1: So I'm like, look, you know, royalty comes in many colors, and it depends on how long you live. Yeah. (laughs) But there is a time where these people were they were the entertainers of our lives. Oh yeah. I am honored. I'm honored beyond. Oh, that's great. Hey, I'm 62. Yeah. Bring it.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: Ha, ha, ha. I can be groovy in this town. I can have all my continental drifter reunions. I can write. I can. I don't. Oh, it's the best life ever.
0: Yeah. Well, I'd have to imagine you're at a place where y- you know who you are as an artist, and so when you want to totally. do continental drifters and you want to do Americana, you know that's you, and yeah. and so when, when you're doing. Cow sills, yes. you know who that is. And that yes. it's that, you know, because I could imagine, I mean, I wonder. you could, actually, I could say, imagine, you should, I should ask you, was there a time where in your life where the idea of going back to do cow sill material felt like something like things were going wrong? That this is that, I hear you. that's no, not no, who valid. I That's that. I'm this, I'm this, I'm this now, this Americana, or I'm this person or that person. Absolutely. Was there that time?
1: Well, look, on so many levels, yeah. Like, like I never, I never was that person, but many in my family struggled with that. Um, I, I, I just have never put myself in any kind of one thing ever because I'm a knee jerk reaction to life. So it all just I don't I don't even have the sense to wonder about it, perhaps. Right. I'm just too busy going, oh, <laughs> check this out. Yeah. And I'm, I'm OK with that, by the way. I'm, yeah. I'm OK with that. Sure. I do. I can tell you, though, like I've just never been that career minded to worry about one thing affecting the other negatively and to be honest I personally, as Susan Cowsill, after the Cowsills broke up, never had one person ever come up to me in what we would call legit music land and question my legitimacy. I hung out with a lot of people in the 70s. And I was a te- young teenager, but I wasn't in the Cow's Sills, but I was a young up and coming, maybe singer. And I hung out, you know, with my friends, Mr. Brown and 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 all the Eagle guys and all, all those folks. And they never looked. They looked at me like, wow, you're pretty young. But they did not look at me like, oh, she's that girl from that. Yeah. It just never came into my life. Sure. So it never it never bothered me to to step over to the other side of the track and ride that train sure. ever.
0: Huh.
1: My brother's my brothers struggled because I think they were a older and B they, they had more of a sense of a musical self of who they they're way more of a true artist than me. I'm just more of a artesian, like whatever it is we're doing, we're doing it. Yeah. And I'm in,
0: right. Uh, (laughs) I
1: don't uh, care what version, you know? So, and that's why I think new Orleans worked for me because as long as new Orleans accepted me. this is just another way of doing something that I understand in every language.
0: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, you know, yeah. It it occurred to me as you were starting to talk, I was thinking that if your age at the time at the Cal Sills hit was a part of it, because I would imagine, you know, like I think about, I've talked to a number of people on the show about how there was a period when, you know, sort of high school age, where I found Christmas music corny because it was a point when I'm sort of, I'm in the process of sort of defining myself, starting that process. Sure. I'm buying my music and music that was all so associated with people who were on television, music that was associated with violins was, right. was, was not my music. It was, it was right. mom and dad music. And, Copy that. And so, You know, I'd imagine that you know, for your brothers, who were you know also sort of high school age, there's a point where they're defining themselves. Yes. You know, as a rock and roll band, and as they get older, and the music had be you know, and the music that that y'all are defined by was pop. I'd imagine that for them, it was hard to be associated with family pop when they saw themselves as the California rolling or the, the, the Rhode Island rolling stones.
1: Yes. 100% hit the nail on the head. My rollout and their rollout is very different. And it's only by about three years, but they were significant years Right when you're seven, eight, nine, you don't give a damn about anything. You don't have an ego. You're not self-conscious. You're not worried about anything. When you're nine, 10, 11, 12, or 10, 11, 12, 13, or God forbid, 13, 14, 15, you're in it. So yes, my brothers, uh, at various different times in their lives, absolutely shit. Barry changed his name several times. He was Elvis Franklin, Barry Scott, you know, he would do anything to get rid of that mother, you know? Right. Right. But, um, at, at one point sure. and then gosh, just like anything else, every, everything comes around and, and, and you realize, and, and so does the world, you know, it, it, quality of anything is quality of something. And, sure. and it's like, you know, you can, I mean, gosh, isn't it just great to get old and just kind of love everything for what it is? Yeah.
0: The, 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 I mean, finding that place where our or realizing that battle's fought. I mean, that, that sense of like, you know, you know, I always think about that time as the as the time where we're in the process of figuring out where mom and dad leave off and we start. But Big there time. comes a point where you found it. We're there. That you know that that whatever age it is, yeah, we're good. We don't need yeah. to, don't need to keep fighting old fights and the things that nope. I once <laughs> that I once said no to. Uh, you know, yeah. that's still that's that's a pretty good song. And, uh, I
1: think it's kind of one of the neat things about getting old is, is that, that, that opening up of the narrow, you know, just the, it's just an identity preservation moment. And once you see it as that, then you're like, well, I don't need to preserve my identity. Let me listen to that. Oh, that's nice.
0: (laughs) exactly.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Look, 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 you know, I think you even know this. And then we'll go back to Christmas, obviously. Look, maybe I'll make another record. Someday we'll have a reason to release an article on me, but not right this second. Sure. Um, (laughs) um, Over the last couple of few years, I have become best friends. One of my best friends in the world will be forever for my life is George Porter Jr. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We met, we hung out, and we clicked. And I even (laughs) write with George. Now, I don't know if you remember this, but my name in the Continental Drifters was... Little too white, ah, and that ah, was because ah, funk music was not my favorite genre. Right. And in the band, in the van, in the tours with the Drifters, they used to torment me and play James Brown like over and over again just to mess with my head. Right. And, and then I got this little name called Ooh. Little Too White, which right. of course we can barely say anymore anywhere. But my point is, is that, and I really did have never enjoyed jam music, funk music, you know, because uh, I like a story and I like a bit of you know, beginning, middle and end, et cetera. But I tell you what, when you care about another human and you care about who they are and what they do, and it was a beautiful way for me to be kind of led into a genre of music that I wouldn't have given a time of day. Sure. But I'm motivated by human connection, always first and foremost. So now I'm going to have a listen to what my friend has to say in his musical language. I can do way more than just two funk songs now.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: Good for I you. I run out of sway. I do run out of sway earlier than the kids. But uh, my point is, is, is it's nice to get old and kind of open that up. And, yeah. and because the, the appreciation for things that are not exactly what you're used to is, is a present. It's a gift. Sure. So, yeah. Well,
0: and I have to say also, it really helps that you have someone who is just as beautiful a person as George. That I have I I every time I've interviewed George, it's always been a great experience. That Alex. he's somebody who I, there are people I've interviewed in, like and new, people in New Orleans uh, and and New Orleans music you know sort of New Orleans music royalty where I know that they were honest with me, but there was a but there's they only let you in so far. Sure. And George is one of those people you talk to him and he and he doesn't have that kind of filter. If you're talking to George, he's 100% engaged and he's not thinking about how close or how far he's going to let you get. He's talking to you for real. And I, it's one of those things, one of those things, like I am one of those guys I'm so happy to know. And I'm always Uh, enjoy talking to.
1: Then I guess you understand that that what happened. Yeah, you know, we just met and it was just, he, 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 he's a great, wonderful soul and, you know he's born the day after russ was born they share a birthday weekend together you know and 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 it has been a beautiful thing and and to to write you know i love soul music i mean 70s soul is my ideal, the shy lights you know shoot me now uh, and and you can take me to task on that all you want but uh have you seen her is one of the best songs awesome. ever <laughs> Mm -hmm. But, uh, so yeah, music, you know, I mean, you know, it's corny to say it's the universal language, but guess what? (laughs) (laughs)
0: It's
1: all like my grandmother for crying out loud. All right. So where were we? Andy Williams, most beautiful time of the year. And then we got all on that. So that, um, versions like, okay. So more contemporary version of Mm -hmm. an old song. Um, baby, please come home. Yep. You too. Love it.
0: It's Christmas. Baby, please come home. i would not have expected that from you me either yeah
1: but i just feel like when i'm hearing him sing it i feel like he's in it
0: yes i believe that and too. i
1: think that's interesting i wouldn't know that bono would be in a christmas way right <laughs> you <yeah>. know so, <laughs> and, and to convince me yeah of a christmas song that i have a particular liking to is you know you're, that's rough to begin with right right so um uh, that's my one kind of um, oh wait! Hey. Didn't Don Henley do something that was nice? He did. It come home for Christmas. It was okay, but he starts bugging me. Yeah. Nothing
0: personal. Hey, um, I want to ask you about a version. Okay. I that you you recorded a version of the Carpenters' "Merry Christmas, Darling" with Debbie Davis on last year's "Oh, Crap It's Christmas" Volume Two.
1: I sure did.
0: So tell me about that experience.
1: That song is my all time favorite Carpenter Christmas song. And I happen to do Carpenter Christmas, so I know what I'm talking about. (laughs) But I mean, it's the hit, but it's just the one that sits in my soul that, you know, makes me feel that one way when I, you know. Um, The experience was hard for Deb and I because it was COVID times. Right. And to be very honest, which I don't really know any other way to be, I was struggling greatly in the COVID um, election world. Life changed me forever, unfortunately. You are looking and talking to a different person, Alex, yeah. but just the same. And so when Deb couldn't do her Christmas show, which I attend and sing with her at every year, cause we're kind of Christmas animals together. Um, she came up with the idea of making the Holy Crap Christmas record instead. And I didn't want to do it because I I, I I, mean, first of all, we were coveting, and I, uh, uh-uh. you know, I'm an Outer Limits Twilight Zone generation kid. Sure. I know what's going on here and I'm not right. leaving.
0: Right, right. Okay.
1: Okay. But, you know, but I also don't know how to say no. Full sentences, no. In rehab, when I went down to class one day, there's a big chalkboard and it says today's class, no is a full sentence. <laughs> and ah, I failed ah, miserably. Ah, ah, ah. I, that, I I quit drinking, but I, I did not get that one class down. So no, is still not a full sentence for me. Right. And so I said, yes. And, and God bless Debbie Davis, because she had a very, I told her, you're not even going to recognize me. This ain't cool. I shouldn't be out. And I shouldn't be even be with dear friends. But we went with it. And she kind of sprung the version on me. So the whole thing, I mean, quite honestly, was like, God, I don't know how she did it, but we pulled it off, you know, and uh, it's such a beautiful song, you know, I haven't really heard it this year. And it was a frozen kind of moment. I I hate to report that, but like I said, I couldn't give you a different story that would have been ridiculous yeah. and i know i think i've um, we don't talk about it good friends don't have to but I'm, i think i probably freak, freaked her out pretty good because ah, ah, i was ah, not yeah. me man wow. i mean and I, I know how to fake being me now in post well post covid <laughs> you know right i know how to behave now yes. i'm really good at learning that when something gets wacky and i'm like whoa gotta rein this in but i didn't then greeting cards of A special one for you. Merry Christmas, darling. We're do you like it?
0: Yes, I do. Good. I, I, I like it a lot. And I'll tell you, one of the reasons I wanted to ask, besides the fact that I really like it, is also, I wonder if you can help me get a handle on Karen Carpenter. Because... I always appreciate her voice. Uh Uh-huh. And she's a beautiful singer. Mm. But I never feel like I know who she is. Like there's like even before I knew you, I could hear your voice and I felt like I knew you from just hearing your voice. I can hear Debbie Davis. And I feel like and before I knew Debbie, I felt like I I felt like I knew who this person is.
1: I'm following.
0: And and even if at the time what I thought I knew was wrong. The fact is you could hear a voice and feel like you know who this person is. And I was talking recently with Jim McCormick about this. We were talking about this with country music. And like, you hear Randy Travis. And whether you know Randy Travis or not, you feel like you know who that guy is from hearing his voice. Sure. And when I hear Karen Carpenter's voice, I still don't know who that person is. And and so... I find them all beautiful, but I find there to be always, it feels there's a little bit of an absence in the middle of these beautiful songs for me. And I, and I figured because, you know, as a singer, you would be able to give me an angle on Karen, if anyone could.
1: Well, I think it's rather interesting that we're having this question come up and this observation on the heels of discussing this version of this song, because for me, and I haven't heard it recently, I'm going to be freaking out when I do. Because I was disconnected.
0: Huh. Interesting. So
1: how interesting is that? Yeah. But I will tell you my observation. I mean, I was disconnected because I couldn't connect to anything. Sure. And poor Deb, she was she was like, girl, this is what you need because we're Christmas. And I'm like, normally, you're right. But that's just, I mean, right. that's indicative of itself right there. Yeah. If Christmas can't do it, nothing can. Um, but your Karen observation and my observation of your question is the following. Um, Some of us cannot help, but wear our hearts on our sleeves as much as we may try. Right. And tragic. I don't want to, I don't want to say. So here's what I think is that her disconnect from herself and her tragic view, and whatever was going on inside that beautiful body, brain, and mind, and, and soul. And because we all are, and I mean, primarily, mm. uh, was um, what you're hearing is her, her wall. Yeah. That she had to have. Now, ironically, <sighs> she penetrated that for most. Mm hmm. With just the sound of it. Yeah. But I promise you that you might not even know that it's working on you anyway, even with your observation. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So because look, the linearness, the linearness of Karen's delivery Is like if you were a a social worker, you'd sit there and go, okay, you in the office, let's talk. What the hell is wrong here?
0: Right. You are
1: flatlining, my lady. Yeah. You know, I'm on the top of the world looking down on creation. And no, I don't believe you. Not one word of it. But I like the way it sounds. And I'm rolling with this. Yeah. But you are not the happiest girl in the whole USA. I would have loved to hear Karen try and deliver "Shine on me, sunshine, off with me, world. is a skippity doo day." Shine on me, it's sun- not. You know, it's yeah. like no, wouldn't have worked. Yeah. But her soul depth, right, cannot be denied. Yeah. Maybe that makes a little bit of sense. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, yeah. I, 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 everything you're saying, I, I'm totally buying into. I think that. Yeah, and
1: I hear you. I yeah. know what you're. I know what you're talking about.
0: Yeah. You also recorded. I, I, I had to go back and recheck this song because I, I remember when you were when you were working on the very threadhead holiday record. Yes, and yes, yes. You had uh, the world at Christmas time, which is a beautiful song. Thank you. Yeah, and I had a
1: note to bring it up.
0: <laughs> excellent. Good. So I remember that that was a point when they the, uh, sort of the threadhead people who were had sort of formed a group. Jazz Fest fans who formed, basically got together to help support yes. New Orleans musical projects. And they helped support some of your musical projects. And, yes. and as a part of it, a Christmas album. And yes. you kind of you uh, wrote a song for it, cut it. Tell me the story behind this one.
1: Sure. So as you said, the wonderful Threadheads got together for a Christmas album. <laughs> and we were all kind of, you know, anybody who wanted to. And Christmas being my favorite thing. And I had never written a Christmas song. That's a daunting idea. I don't even know. I know now because <clears throat> I learned a lot more about songwriting because I've not, I mean, I started writing with the drifters in my thirties. It's not like I've been at it forever have now, <laughs> but, um, so, and, uh, Polly Sanchez was producing and, uh, you know, it was like a offer to either cover one or write one or whatever. And and so I took on the write one, one and, uh, just, that's what came out of it, you know? Um, and I thought Paul did a great job of, um, uh, um, producing and, and, uh, shepherding to use a Christmas word, uh, that project. And, uh, I was pretty happy with what I did. I, I mean, nothing I really do is intentional, so it's just like like have to pray and then hop on one foot and turn around and then put out all my rocks and hope everything works.
0: Right, right.
1: I can hear the angels sing on high any given silent night. I see them float on heaven's in through the crescent city light. They're by my side just in case I fall every single day it's true at christmas time the world sees that. so the moon the tree i'm happy with it and then yet I, I always like at every christmas show i'm like yeah no we don't need to do that one cuz like i just you know somewhere in christmas music is just so Big, like I don't know, you know. I like it, but I wouldn't put it up there with anything, you know. But yeah, so my, you know, I, I, I'm proud of it, and and there was a lot of great stuff on that album, so I was just proud to be a part of it.
0: Right. It's and the nice thing is, it's a lovely thought. A lot of the rest, a lot of the rest of the record is very much about the minutia of Christmas and very much focused on the moment and the experience and the idea of thinking a big Christmas thought yeah is I thought was well, really interesting and yeah. I have to say and it was something that I didn't necessarily expect from you that because a lot of your your songwriting to that point had been very focused on you know on on being very rooted in very rooted in experience
1: absolutely and uh, that's just um I like it thanks for even saying all that because for me it really is my primary thought in my life is that I just wish, you know, we could all just behave as if it was Christmas because for whatever bloody reason, um, and it, and it's palpable and it's not even fake and it happens. It's like a, a it's like a, a, a phenomenon. It's like a psychic event that occurs in the souls and minds of humans. So it's got energy behind it. And I bet if you measured it scientifically, it, it would have a number. Yeah, because like, and it's like, well, how the hell did that dude? And so my theory, and I said this at Chicky the other night, just because I have to say stupid shit, just so people can go home and talk. But I'm like, but it's, but damn it, it's the truth. Right. This is an absolute 100 truth that blows my mind and makes me angry, and that is that war and the annihilation of each other. And therefore, God knows what is a result could be gotten in one day with one multiple agreement yeah and it is over just like that.
0: yeah.
1: what a fucked up thought. yeah, because it's not gonna happen. no so I live in that thought most of my life. It's just how I am yeah and and it's how I'm gonna ride my ride out.
0: You got one more for me? One more of. uh, Sure do.
1: Yeah, let's. Okay, how about this? Um, How how about um, Bing, uh, my favorite drummer boy? And that was a big favorite. That album with the the blue album with the little kind of boy, one boy on it with, uh, you know, the singular drum. And he's kind of out in a misty, what looks to be. Egyptian background. Right, yeah. Anyway, that album drummer boy, that's our drummer boy. And we did the Ed Sullivan Christmas show. And my little John, my little brother drummer boy John sang it. Uh, you can uh, Google I- it, everyone. Go Google Google Council's Christmas, Ed Sullivan, and you will hear the most beautiful tenor Irish choir boy sing. Calm night. It's he's precious.
0: Excellent.
1: But I love the Bing Crosby David Bowie drummer boy. Cool, because man, I saw it in real time. Because I watched every Christmas show. There was nothing better than a Christmas show with a knock on a door with a fake surprise visit from a special someone who happened to be in the neighborhood.
0: Yeah, (laughs) David Bowie had to go to this guy, this this cousin's uh, house to go play piano. (laughs) David Bowie doesn't have his own piano. Seriously,
1: he doesn't have a cousin in Connecticut either. I promise
0: you. But
1: anyway, it worked. And I thought, and that's actually the one Deb and I do every year at her Christmas show. And I, uh, so I love, I love the crossing of the generations. I thought, and I was like, oh, at the time I was gobsmacked because man, that, that was the cool Bing couldn't have been any cooler. And David couldn't have been any respectfully cooler yeah. in my book. The. So that, that was huge. And, and Debbie Davis and I, that's our version of Drummer Boy. We do it every year. And I don't know if Deb's doing hers this year, but I am at St. Louis Cathedral on December 1st with my, um, they asked me to do the Christmas
0: thing. Awesome.
1: So I'm doing that and I'm, I'm having Deb come down and sing Drummer Boy with me.
0: Cool. Come, they told me, burr, bum pum, a newborn king to see. Rumpa bum bum. Our finest gifts we bring. Rumpa bum bum. Rumpa bum bum. Rumpa bum bum. Oh, my God. Can it be? A year from now,
1: perhaps well said,
0: Thanks to Susan Cousill for the time and the talk. We conducted this conversation last fall, which explains the COVID references. And at the end, Susan talked about singing at the cathedral. That was part of a series of Christmas concerts at St. Louis Cathedral in Jackson Square here in New Orleans. They take place every year. She was playing it last year. There's a very good chance she'll play it this year as well, but we can't guarantee that at this point. In this episode, she also talked about being invited to do a Christmas show at the Andy Williams Moon River Theater in Branson, Missouri. That is on for 2022. The Cow will be part of the Andy Williams Christmas Show, where they will be joined by The Letterman and singer Charlie Green, who stars in the Andy Williams tribute show, Moon River and Me. The show will run from November 1st to December 10th. Tickets are on sale now. At Moon River Theater, and that's theater r e. dot com. In the meantime, you can get more Susan and more Cal Sills at the Cal Sills podcast, which is pretty much everywhere you get your podcast content. Thanks to AF the Naysayer for the theme music. Thanks to you for listening. If you haven't already done so, follow, subscribe, or do whatever you have to do to get twelve songs in your podcast feed. We're on all the major and minor platforms. If you're on Apple and can leave a five-star review, it helps others find out what we're doing here. All that activity helps make the algorithms work for us. We'll finish today with another from the Cowsills, one of their biggest hits. This is the song Hair from 1969. Talk to you next week.
1: She asked him why Why I'm a hairy guy I'm hairy, noon and nighty night, night. My hair is a fright. I'm hairy, high and low. But don't ask me why, because he don't know. It's not for life of bread like the grateful dead Darling. give me a head with hair long beautiful hair shine